three higher ed authors, 100 plus college and university presidents, dozens of actionable insights for academic leaders. Commencement, the beginning of a new era in higher education is now available on Amazon. Welcome back, everybody. It's your time to ed up on the Ed Up Experience podcast, where we make education your business. Dr. Joe Salustio here with you again. Um, I want to tell you guys how much I appreciate you and your support. It's been literally, I think, six weeks to the day that we've released our book, Commencement, the Beginning of a New Era in Higher Education, along with Kate Colbert and myself. It's a 500-page um, uh, book, which seems like a lot, except when you start reading it, it reads very easy. Over 120-something college and university presidents contributed to this book through their podcast interviews, and it has been incredible momentum thanks to you. We wrote it for you to celebrate your work and talk about the future. It's not all a celebration, though, if you get a copy in your hands. Remember, something that we write about in Chapter 2 can be dismantled in Chapter 7 based on who we interviewed at the time. So it provides such a balanced uh, view of all the parts of higher ed. So anyway, long story short, apparently my interview, uh, my interview, my uh, internet cut out and, while I was uh, doing this incredible opening. And uh, so just go buy the book and it doesn't even matter what I said. If you go pick up the book, you'll figure it out for yourself. I'm just going to get to the guest. Uh, but before I do, I'm going to bring back my amazing um, now regular co-host. He is the guru of online learning, uh, ladies and gentlemen. He is Dr. Bill Pepigello. Bill, how are you? I'm doing great, Joe. How are you? And, and the book actually is 529 pages, but who's counting? Well, you you probably counted because you were the, one of the first ones to read it, I would guess. So <laughs> we uh, when we got, got put the book out in the first couple of days, we said, who's uh, reading all these Kindle pages? And then I got a call from you saying, hey, Joe, I'm like three quarters of the way through the book done on Kindle. And I said, oh, that's all Bill. So, so hopefully somebody else reads it. Well, yeah, anybody out there who hasn't bought it yet, why not? Get out there. Why not get out there? By the way, Ed Up Insights, Bill, is going very well. You're, are you coming into your third season of Insights? Yes, I'm in the third season of my uh, weekly podcast, Ed Up Insights, and we were in hiatus for, for the month of December, and the next new episode will drop on January 8th. Mm, love it. Uh, Bill, you know, as one of my resolutions for this year is to, um, to let you know that, uh, you know, those couple of times on each episode that you make fun of me, I've downloaded a sound effect that I'm going to play each time you try. And here it is. This aggression will not stand, man. So I just want to let you know I'm very aware of it. And every time you say it. This aggression will not stand, man. And so get used to hearing that, Bill. Um, I got to get me some sound effects. But I've got, oh boy, do I have stuff for you. But we're going to get to that later, ladies and gentlemen, who we have with us. He is... Um, energetic. He is in Puerto Rico. He is Nelson Soto, and he is the president of Albizu University. Nelson, what's going on? Dr. Hey, Nelson Soto, you. I should say. Hey, thank you. Thank you for having me. Yep, I'm here in San Juan, Puerto Rico. It's awesome to be here. Uh, originally from Ohio. My parents are from here. And uh, I'll tell you, I did not miss the good old Midwest when you had that cold spell. I was enjoying 80 degree weather and just sending selfies wherever I could uh, to, to my family and friends in Ohio and feeling bad for them. Actually, I bet you, I bet you were so bad. You're just feeling so bad for everybody, right? As you're in the sunshine. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so tell us about Albizu University, the level set for us. Obviously, we figure out that you're in Puerto Rico now, uh, but uh, what type of institution, who do you serve? What do you do? How do you do it? Yeah. So let me tell you. 
I could give you the background that you could all read on your iPads data and go search Albisu. I'm going to tell you what you don't know about Albisu. That is, this institution was founded in 1966. It was an institution that was founded by a rebel, someone who just said, you know what, the way how we're teaching and training psychologists in Puerto Rico is just not right. We need to have a multicultural approach. Um, Dr. Carlos Albizu Miranda actually went and he uh, completed his PhD at Purdue. So think about a Puerto Rican leaving the island, going to good old uh, West Lafayette, Indiana. We'll leave other commentaries alone about Purdue at this point in time. But anyways, he went out there and they produced this great guy. Um, and he ended up serving uh, and working in, veterinary, in, in veterans affairs out there and, um, and came back to the island. And when he came back, he noticed that his approach and what he was taught was just not working. Um, where he was at the university at that point, coming back from his sabbatical, um, he talked to them about this approach and needing a multicultural approach and they just turned them down. And they said, no, it's not gonna happen here. So he said, fine, I'll find my own university. And he did it, 1966. And we became the first APA accredited school uh, here on the island. And then also his life and his desire was to make sure that Hispanic, and now we would say Latinx, Latin, uh, had access to quality uh, mental health care. And so his next step was to find a university, uh, continue the brand, I should say, in Miami, Florida. And then unfortunately he passed away and we're continuing that brand and we wanna go global uh, through online. So just gives you a little bit of background about Albisu, what you won't see or read uh, unless you buy his documentary that we have for sale too. Amazing. Love it. Um, uh, I love that plug too, right at the end. That sounds like me sometimes. Uh, but no, let's, so you, when you say we're, we want to go global online, all right, let's start right there. What does that look like? What does that feel like? Where are you in that process? Um, Cause that's kind of a hot topic these days, if you didn't know. It is a hot topic. And so when, when you think about Albisu, let me tell you what we're known for right now. So Albisu has basically in essence, three major physical locations. Um, our main campus in San Juan, Puerto Rico. We have a campus in Miami, and then we have what we call a university um, academic center in Mayaguez, which is also in Puerto Rico. We realized in order to continue to expand and really prepare individuals for mental health and just well being, I mean, we offer a slew of programs, including uh, speech pathology and uh, clinical mental health counseling. We needed to tap into online in, in, in order to do this. So we just became one of four recipients of a FIPSI grant um, from the Department of Ed just announced last week. That was a great way to end uh, or to start our, uh, our holiday here. And so we're looking at really how do we take all this knowledge and why does it always have to be face-to-face? -face? So creating more of a consortium, even with here on the island, expanding what we're doing in Spanish and going to Latin America um, we know that part of the sustainable goals for UNESCO is looking at mental health. So we want to make a big dent. And the only way we think we could do that is through online. We know a lot of people can't just leave their jobs and come to grad school here. Um, so we're doing that. We also got a grant the other day from the Department of Education for a mental health professional demonstration grant. So we're also going to help with that. So we're looking at how do we start from high school? There you go, from high school, baby, all the way through and prepare individuals to serve um, in this capacity. You know, this is a calling and we want to make sure that we help facilitate that calling. So we do that well. And like I said, we have clinics in, in our sites. We have clinical mental health clinics. We have clinics that we work with individuals and speech language pathology, but that's all face-to-face -face and you have to physically go. The world is more than that. So we want to make sure, can we do this in an online world? 
And we're just grateful for the, the federal government just investing in us and trying to help us with this big experiment that we're trying to move in this online space. Congratulations. That's, yeah, uh, it's, it's amazing. Bill, go ahead, Bill. That's it. I mean, that's excellent. And uh, for those listening, um, the, the grant um, that Nelson is talking about is uh, it's a grant for digital learning infrastructure and IT modernization. And it's, I mean, this is really a big deal in Puerto Rico because if you, if you follow what happens whenever there's a major storm or any kind of catastrophe, the, the, the damage there is, is just amazing. And so this grant will cover stuff like network connectivity, which was a big deal in the last hurricane, power backups, um, digital infrastructure, uh, you know, boot camps. Um, they're going to have a center for innovation as part of this. I mean, this is really, really big stuff. Um, and they're going to also have a, a digital learning online consortium uh, as part of this grant. And it's, it's amazing to me that a, a, an institution, which has a fairly focused mission, actually, if you you know, most places want to be everything to everybody and, and they, they're diverse and liberal arts. And, but one of the things that makes um, your institution unique is that it, it is focused in the behavioral sciences um, and, and all of your programs are focused on um, improving the quality of life for the, for the people that are there as you serve those diverse communities. So that's that's really a big deal for for people listening. In case you um, you, don't, you don't know that, Bill, thank you for 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 what you just shared. I think what we want the message we want to get across is that we are part of the United States, and even though we're on this little island over here, the impact that we want to have is global, not just for Puerto Rico and not just for the U.S., but for the entire country, entire nation, entire world. Um, mental health is a global issue. It's a global crisis. And we want to make sure that we're doing what we can, especially through that digital space to make broader impact. Yeah, I got one more follow up, Joe, and I'll throw it back to you. And that is, as you go global um, and, uh, and explore online possibilities, are you looking at um, expanding programs? Yeah, so we're always looking at expanding programs, expanding certificate opportunities. That's where we see also our impact. You know, you, you have, you know, dealing with different accreditation bodies and so forth. So we wanna work with these different accrediting bodies to make sure that we're not saying one accreditor is the best way of pursuing uh, graduate education in, in these mental health fields, but we wanna also provide continuing education and certificates um, in, in behavioral health sciences or wherever we can at that graduate level. What do you do, um, you know, the, let me try to start that over. See, I get tongue tied these days because I'm getting back into the swinging thing of podcasting. But for a lot of people don't know that how highly educated the population in Puerto Rico is. <laughs> um, yes. If I remember right, I was interviewing, oh, uh, the president of the University of Puerto Rico maybe a, a year or a year and a half ago. And, and I remember us 92% being the stat or some ridiculous number. It, it, I don't remember if it was masters or doctoral. It was just a tremendous number of people who are edu educated in Puerto Rico. And so you think about an institution in Puerto Rico, what does that look like to, to get students to have enrollments and the, the necessity of going more global into the U.S.? to just increase market share and, and bring your mission to more people, right? Yeah, I would say number one, I think folks should be thanking us 
Um, and what I mean by that is we are one of the top four producers of Hispanic psychologists in the United States. Amazing. So I, I want people to remember that. And it comes and it happens at the starting point, this little island in the Caribbean. Um, and so you have bilingual individuals there now. Part two of what we're doing is we're also one of the biggest exports. You know, we're the biggest exports of labor in the military. A lot of them come from Puerto Rico and also in, in higher ed. We, we, it, it's almost a, um, I got mixed feelings about this because you, we educate great talent here and they go to the States. Yeah, United I States remember having that. I hear that before too, yeah. Yeah, United States is benefiting, but part of it, he says, I can't blame them either. You know, we have, we're, we're growing our infrastructure. Um, there's, there is a lot of possibilities in the States, but there's also possibilities here in the island. So my goal coming from the reverse angle from the States of Puerto Rico saying, hey, invest here. There's a reason why I came here. There's so much great things that are going on this island that we could continue to support the world where we are. Um, we're trying to leverage partnerships. We're a Hispanic serving institution and, and not just by numbers, just because we have 25%, right? Our population ranges from in Miami, I think it was 75% Hispanic here. It's probably like 93% Hispanic or higher. I, I say that because you have other institutions in the United States that are barely 25%, 26 Hispanic, and they love to throw that HSI status all over. We really wanna focus on those relationships where those institutions are looking to have um, strategic alliances with, with places like us and within the United States. So we could continue that export import, but that it, it, it's meaningful and that we're making a dent on, on mental health and, and, and social well-being for, for, for yeah. global society. And I think it might have been high school high school uh, diplomas, ninety two percent. It was some astronomical yeah, it's number. It's, it's high school diploma. Yeah, high school. But but then you talked to you know I have a bunch of colleagues in Puerto Rico, and I don't think a single one of them doesn't have a doctorate degree. As everybody's a doctor down there, it's crazy. <laughs> I was talking to Nelson before this bill, before he even got on, and I said, "What are the numbers, Nelson? Give me the numbers." And he said, "You will learn by the numbers. I will teach you." So he's just giving you lots of numbers. Um, they're incredible numbers, in fact. And I think we should be thanking you. A lot of people don't know that, though, that the, the exports of Puerto Rico are all over the world, and they're very highly educated individuals making huge impacts on society. And um, from this little itty-bitty island, right, uh, it's pretty incredible. Um, and, I, and I actually know, and I don't know if you know this, Bill, speaking of numbers, I remember... That, that, that there's like a higher ed institution every five miles or something. I, I've heard that before about Puerto Rico, that every five miles of service area, there's a, a higher ed institution of some kind or a school of some kind. Yeah, I, I, I can believe that as, as I deal with the traffic jam every day, I, I do see an institution right next to me. <laughs> do you? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You know, but it, it breaks my heart though, because again, enrollment's an issue here on the island. And yeah. I think one of the way, because of, Hurricane Maria because of, of the earthquake. And look, within the first six weeks of my presidency, I, I was, you know, blessed with Hurricane Fiona, right? Mm -hmm. So I, I, I jumped in, but that was the beauty of where I got to see Albisu show off. And when I say show off, I mean it humbly, where we had brigades ready to go to help within different parts of the island. We had over 400, 500 students and faculty that went throughout the island and just provide um, instant first aid uh, psychological services uh, for, for the island. That's what we do. Um, and, and the reason why I mentioned that, because that's what's helping us in exploring our brand and who we are. And we want individuals to say, if this is the field they, they wanna pursue, we want them to have, feel like they're getting an internship and a theoretical piece at the same time while they're at LBC. 
You know that the world of higher education is experiencing evolutions and revolutions. You want to be part of the progress. Commencement, the beginning of a new era in higher education with insights from more than 100 college and university presidents will show you how. Get your copy of Commencement, the beginning of a new era in higher education now on Amazon right away. We think you're going to love it. It's amazing. Yeah, you think one that's thing, a, go, go ahead, Bill. No, go ahead. Well, it's something that I that I noticed we were talking about your student body, and, and sorry I interrupted you, Joe, but not sorry. Um, is that your your student body seems to be very very overwhelmingly female? Yeah, and I wonder, you know, what's up with that? Yeah, I, I think that's part of uh, just overall demographics, but it's also the helping profession too. Right in, in general, the helping profession and, and the areas we focus on traditionally lean more to 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 females. Um, what that also tells me is on the island, we, we see individuals take different paths, especially if they're males. They're taking the paths more business entrepreneurship related type of programs. What I'm trying to focus on here with our curriculum is to teach entrepreneurship within the, the mental health field. So let's not just always have to give, 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 but it's okay. You can make money too. Right, and you could continue to grow and, and, and so forth. So we are we are looking at wanting to diversify. Um, we need males. We need males in this profession. Um, we're seeing a, a, a large insurgence of, um, unfortunately, um, a lot of violence uh, related to um, gender violence and so forth. And so we need individuals to talk to, to males. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure online will uh, will assist with that uh, that diversification. That, that's the goal. That's the goal that um, folks still have to work, right? So, I mean, we're not a, we're, we're still a commuter type of campus. Folks come here and, and they're still working full time. So we want those individuals to still have access to education. If they could do it through online, that's even better. Nelson, let me ask you a quick question about leadership because you've, um, you've been president since August 8th. You've transitioned down there. Um, you mentioned a, a situation that we had here in the States at another university where a pre president or high level leader spoke out of turn. Yeah. Um, we're in this age of transparency as a leader, as somebody who has an incredible personality like yourself. I don't think you're the hide behind the curtain type of person. I would guess you're the out front. I'm the leader type of person. Um, but this, uh, this balance that you have to strike a new leader coming in, being more present, being more visible, being more transparent, and then being more mindful at the same time of everything that you say as a president in, in, uh, in an institution that has a campus in Puerto Rico and then one in the United States. So you're, there's just a lot f from a leader to consider these days. How do you balance? How do you, I don't know, consume all of that information and, you know, present yourself, you, you just, are you unabashedly yourself and whatever I say goes, are you more mindful? I, I mean, how does it, how do you balance that? Because it's tough, and I hear it from a lot, a lot of presidents all the time. I will tell you, the Nelson 10 years ago is not the same Nelson. <clears throat> because the Nelson 10 years ago would just speak his mind and say, it is what it is, and deal with it. Um, the Nelson now has a lot of bruises and a lot of calluses that learned that you just can't do that. Um, yeah. and, and the Nelson 10 years ago, I, I realized the importance of having truly a great team. And I don't mean that just in a superfluous way, I, you know, there's a reason why you hire smart people to be by you. Um, they're smart, let them do what they do. Your job is to make their life easy. 
um, get those, whatever those boulders are in the way, get them out of the way for them so they could just flourish. My job is to make them look good. So when I came to Albisi, we had a couple of issues that we had to deal with that was presented to me. First thing I did, who are the smartest folks here that could guide me through this process? And they did. Mm. And guess what else I did? I remember at a board meeting, giving recognition to those individuals. They never really had that recognition. And one person came to me and said, seriously, thank you. Almost with tears in her eyes. And right there, I realized that it's not about me. I've already got the gig, right? I was selected. So I don't need to keep on showing up. There's nothing I can do except for do my job. And that is to make sure we have resources for this institution, great people to help me lead this institution and realize it's not all about Nelson. It's about those students. And what we're trying to do is to make sure we clear up those, uh, those uh, sustainable development goals, right? And, and make sure that folks have adequate access to health, especially mental health. I like your style, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I, hope, I hope that uh, people who are, who are uh, listening to this podcast will rewind and, and listen to that, Nelson, because uh, especially people who are at uh, your stage in your career, it's really important to understand what the world looks like now as opposed to what it looked like uh, 10 years ago. As I've often said, I don't know if I could be a president now. I don't know if I, if I, could, uh, if I could make that adaptation. But your other point, and this is something for anyone who is or aspires to be a president, is you know, people always ask me, well, what was my greatest talent? And I said, my great talent was being able to put together a good team and then getting out of their way. Um, oh, then, yeah. So you would, you know, more people, uh, especially if you go on LinkedIn, uh, if you look at the number of people who came from my teams who are now in very high positions, and Joe has interviewed several of them, um, to me, that's the, the mark of, of my leadership. And that sounds like you're right, you're right there. Yeah, I would agree with you 100%. I, you know, I, the times that I was paying attention when I was a little kid in church, I, this whole thing about teachable spirit, I believe in having a teachable spirit. You know, I learn every day here and, and I get paid to learn, which is even better. Yeah. <laughs> Bill, would it be fair to say that, that the number of people in leadership positions over the 100 years you've been in higher education is like, no, I won't do that to you. I won't do I'm that rude. to you, Bill. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you know, one thing I didn't mention to you, I, I, I wanted to be a president and I knew I wanted to be a president, you know, to the point where when I met my wife, uh, we were dating over there in that beautiful campus of Bloomington, Indiana. I won't mention the institution, but so beautiful over there in IU land, Hoosier land. Uh, we, I, I told her, hey, I want to be a president. And she laughed at my face. She just laughed at me. And I'm like, that's all right. I'll prove her wrong. So 20 years later, I proved her wrong. Um, but why do I bring that up? I did a couple things within the past five years. I actually got off of social media, except for LinkedIn. Interesting. Uh, because I was so scared of what I would post or if one of my dumb fraternity brothers would put something out there and I would put a like. Um, so you're talking about the leadership now. I'm very conscious of social media and what's out there to the point maybe I've gone to the dark side. You know, I'm back on LinkedIn now, but I'm very sensitive to what's out there and knowing that you're always, um, you're always on. Uh, and, you know, I was telling my wife when I saw the incident that happened at the other institution, I said, you know, you can't go off script in public spaces. There's a reason why they give you the script. Stick to the script. Even though we're funny or whatever, there's a time and place. There's a time and place. You know what? Can I jump that on that? Because I literally 
and I don't, I'm not saying this because, because of this moment, but I'm literally was thinking about this the other day and I was going to do a post on LinkedIn and I had written it all up and it was, and I I decided not to, because something came up about the book that kind of took precedence, right? As you put out your, your schedule, there's a moment right now, if you're a leader that came up with social media, where you shift from other social media to LinkedIn. And when you make that shift to LinkedIn being your primary social media platform, and you leave all that other junk behind, it's almost like this mark of true leadership where you're just going, okay, I'm, I'm going to now surround myself with a group of professionals on my social media instead of, mm-hmm. and you would do that in before social media, you would do that with your friends, right? And your mom and dad would come to you and say, you, you are who you surround yourself with. And you'd go now that's not true. My friend, Johnny, who's getting all this trouble, you know, whatever, but it's true, right? From, from a social perspective, I did the same thing. I still have Instagram. I still have Facebook, but I block my profiles and I only post about professional items, but the book, the podcast, that's it. Maybe a picture of my kids every now and then nothing else. And you can't go find anything that I ever posted. Not that I would care, but I'm sure I did something stupid. I'm sure I posted something stupid. I'm sure I said something stupid because I was 21 and all of us were at some point, but I don't want anybody to go look at my past and say 20 years ago, Joe, you remember the you know time you said this? And, and I go, wow, I wasn't even talking about, you know, and I'm not even talking about the serious stuff. I'm talking about just being an idiot. Um, right. we, we all were at one time. And there is that moment where you just go, okay, I need to just focus on career and leave all the other stuff behind. I struggle yeah. a little bit with LinkedIn when I see individuals. There's a couple of times when, when I see individuals post a lot of the personal stuff. The only time I won't judge anything nice. when somebody talks about, look, my kid's in the hospital. You know, I'm a dad. So, you know, yeah. you got in the hospital, you need a prayer request. Hey, I'm going to pray for you, man. Yeah. But the other stuff, I'm like, seriously, is this the place for it? Yeah. I, I believe LinkedIn is a place where I get to show off my institution and get to show off my colleagues. Yeah. That's what I use yeah. my LinkedIn for. Yep. It's, it's about, it's about showing off yourself, celebrating leadership, people that you recognize are good leaders that you, you know, and it's a, it's a, a, it's a news content generation site. And so you start getting news from there. You start making friends and colleagues is there's just a shift that happens. And I do see leaders um, that haven't made that shift yet. And you're never going to get to the highest level until you do. It's just that simple. You have to leave those other less professional platforms behind to a certain degree. I think that's a great point. And the reason I'm staying on it is because nobody else has brought it up in that way before. Nobody else has come out and said, hey, look, I just left it all behind and I go to LinkedIn only. And that is truly a transition that has to be, has to happen. I don't know. You didn't ask the second part to that question. What is it? Because I, you know, I am married. I have my wife. So my wife just fills me in all the gossip. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, that's the way it works. And it's, I mean, it's interesting that you brought it up because I did the same thing after I, uh, after I retired, I briefly had some other social media uh, outlets and I said, now nah, this is, this is not for me. Um, and one of the things that I do, because I do a little bit of uh, counseling with, with folks who want to be presidents or, you know, just are looking for advice. One thing that people always need to remember is the mic is always on. It doesn't matter if you truth. think it's not. Yeah, it is. It's there. Somebody's going to hear what you say or write it down. And Bill, think about that on a small island where I live, oh, where yeah. everyone knows everything. Nice. I, I, I can't even get upset at my neighbors. 
because I know they know somebody. <laughs> yeah. One degree of separation from everybody Absolutely. on the other. Absolutely. Absolutely. But I won't trade it for a world. <laughs> so Nelson, uh, uh, at the risk of monopolizing this episode from Bill, which I don't care if I do, but if, but uh, I, I will ask you, how has the transition been? All right. August. Where are we now? January. So your end of uh, 2022, uh, the pandemic year is gone or mostly gone. Uh, now everybody's just getting the flu or some kind of combination of, of it. Mental health continues. And I said this on a previous episode, mental health continues to be the, the one thing as an institution that it is really hard to get your arms around and hands around because it's very easy. I don't want to say it's easy, but um, it's affecting tons of people and tons of people are saying it's affecting them. Yeah. And as an institution, you know, as an example, if you have something that people, all your students have to buy and an opt out could be a medical documentation and everybody cites me mental health or anxiety, it's really hard to work through those to say, okay, is it serious? Is it not serious? What's a medical documentation look like? What isn't it? It, it? We know it's an issue, but it is really a huge issue, almost uncontrollable at times. How do you transition in? How do you make things a priority? What's it been like? There's so many questions in there. Just take whatever one you can remember. Well, I'll tell you, in getting this position, I interviewed, I think it was six or seven times, you know, interviewing for president aren't easy, right? And then I had to come back and forth to the island. Um, it was the questions they were, they were asking me, the board, that I realized really what my priorities were, right? The one piece was that we want to continue to grow as an institution. The other piece is the focus on, on social well-being for the world. And, and, and the third piece was more, how can we do this at a faster pace and include online learning? I then asked the question about, I included the question about also our students, right? Because mm -hmm. what I was noticing is that, um, as an institution, we were very focused on the deliverables. Um, when, when I came in, we, we were losing a little bit the heart uh, of our student body because they are always giving. This is a profession that's always giving, giving and forget to take care of themselves. So um, we just made sure that we, we had mental health services for our students too. You know, we have contracts for both on the island and contracts for students um, on ground in, in Florida. The other piece that helped me with my priorities was I have, and I know I'm very fortunate, and I'm not saying this because I don't, I don't know if she'll hear it or not, one of the best board chairs during this transition. And, 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 and that board chair to sit down with me and just have an honest heart-to-heart -heart conversation on the vision and where, where the board saw the institution and to make sure that that aligned with my vision made a world of difference. And then the legacy that I said before that I received, top-notch faculty, you said it yourself, highly educated faculty, and then the leadership, leadership team that I had. You put all that together, it's the reason why we're getting these grants, right? Grants that one out of four institutions are receiving. It's the reason why we're continuing moving forward. It's the reason why that I have this vision that we are gonna take Albisu and it's no longer gonna be that diamond in the rough, right? But when you think about mental health, when you think about just overall services for well-being of individuals, you're just gonna think about Albisu and just be like, drop the mic. Just send your kid out of BC. They're going to be the best of the best. So that, 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 that's it. I, I don't know if I answer your question. I just think this place has a lot to offer. And, and I'm very proud that it comes from a small little island called Puerto Rico. Bill? Well, yeah, I, uh, I want to follow up on, on, on one thing that we haven't touched on yet because Joe's been monopolizing things and, what? and asking these um, multiple questions uh, in case there are questions in there. It's a confirmation hearing from the Senate or something like that, right? Congressional yeah, Exactly. 
Mm, nice. I don't know. This aggression will not stand, man. <laughs> but you know, one I see that one of the uh, one of the key elements um, in your programs are internships, and that of course leads us to the uh, to the question of community involvement. And could you talk a little bit about that? Because again, you're on a, you're in a small uh, a small community, and my guess is that you're pretty involved. Yeah. So, you know, I, I was very fortunate when I tell you I had a great chair. Um, your board can really lead you to resources. And I had a great chair to lead me to a resource where I, I had to present. And we were able to seek dollars um, funding for students to try to stay on the island that really focuses on addiction, addiction and addiction on the island, which is a big deal. And so we have places to where we could send our students in the island. What we're concerned about is making sure that they pick the right internship where they wanna go. Um, we also wanna encourage students to go off the island. If you really wanna to go to the States, we'll, we'll facilitate that. We'll make sure there's that collaboration, especially because um, there's APA sites that they qualify for. Our secret sauce though is our clinics. We have three different types of clinics, um, both here on the island and also in, in Florida. And that's, we have the mental health clinic and that, you know, those, those psychology services and, and mental health, it's all happening there. So students don't really have to leave. So they're getting those internships and they're working with their faculty member right next to them. So that, that's been the benefit for us. It's being an institution that's cognizant of service and using that as the, the nucleus for, for what we're doing for our students as we move forward. It's really helped us. Do you find that those folks, um, especially the ones who leave uh, the island, do they tend to come back and reinvest in the community? I think this is Nelson speaking. I, I don't have really data. Anadoli, I would say um, if they are without family and if their parents are healthy on the island, they'll leave and they can stay off in Puerto Rico. If they have family, and children, it's harder for them to leave because of the support structure. And Is so, there a spectrum? Do they do a lot of them go go to the states or somewhere else and come back later in life? Like it's a yeah, we're seeing that now too. It goes yeah. back to remember you just being, and I'll speak just for the Puerto Rican community. It's all about the family balance too. Um, the loss of identity is a big issue. Why I've seen people come back to the island. Um, opportunities just in general to come back to the island or um, health of a loved one. It's, it's a reason why they'll come back. It's a struggle. It's a, it's a big struggle um, when they leave and, and, and come back. Well, of course, I, I mean, it kind of goes without saying, we alluded to it, but there have to be a limited amount of jobs at some point too. If there's a lot of people, there's only a certain amount of businesses. And you know, if somebody goes, I want to work in mental health, or I want to do this or do that, are the jobs that robust that they can just get a job on the island that quick? Or is it really competitive? Or you know, yeah. is it, what's it like? There's competition here. There's no question. Yeah. There's competition. However, um, we, we see individuals also becoming self-providers and so forth, where, where, where it's getting difficult. And actually, you know, politically, they're doing something about this is that it was the health insurance reimbursement plans. Folks mm -hmm. weren't paid or getting paid appropriately, but they made major improvements here for, so for medical care, for Medicaid reimbursements and so forth here on the island, which I'm excited about. And hopefully that's a way to, to keep people here on the island. So it's a bigger system than just the higher ed institution can handle, but it's also a political battle to, to, to help keep it here. Well, I'll tell you what, we could talk all day to you, Nelson. I, 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 will, I will say 
that uh, when you said where Albisu is going, I believe you 100%. Like, I could see your passion, and it's kind of like uh, I, I've downloaded this for you because, like, I'm going to use this one. I was going to say, Nelson, what do you... No! And oh. this, this was specific. Hey, you have to start all over again, Joe. Oh, did I freeze? Yes, sir. Oh, God. What part did I lose you on? Hey, Nelson. <laughs> hey, hey, Nelson, really? Yeah, you were going to tell us what you downloaded. Oh, all right, let me start that over. I'm going to, Elvin, I'm going to start this over. Three, two, one. Uh, you know, Nelson, when you say what you have in store for Albisu in the future, I believe you 100%. In fact, I downloaded this for you. I can't be beat, and I won't be beat. And I, I will tell I feel that passion from you that I know that you're just going to drive this university forward. But you know, we always ask the same two questions to end every episode. Number one, um, what did we not say about Albisu University that needs to be said? Anything? Because, you know, an hour goes fast. Um, 45 minutes or so goes fast. What was the one thing that maybe you wanted to get in that I didn't ask you or Bill didn't ask you? Because typically my questions are significantly better. Uh, but, uh, you know, what, what needs to be said? And then, two, what do you see as the future of higher education? Let me start off with two, if that's okay. You can do whatever you want. So I, I, I firmly believe that the future of higher education is going to be this whole meta universe, augmented reality, virtual reality, and so forth. But I want to make sure that as we go down that pathway to that future, that we use that for good. So for example, I want to be able to prepare every Albisu student to be able to augment that reality. And if they're working with someone from Paducah, Kentucky, that they have an idea of what would that relationship look like versus someone from Lorain, Ohio, where I'm from, or somebody from the diaspora, that I want to make sure that we can really augment it to prepare our students. Because I know not everyone could just leave the island but there may be a time that they will so that they could tap into that experience. So I, I, I can't wait to see how, that's something I wanna see done here, uh, in, in, especially here in, in, in our San Juan campus, which is like our research hub to look at how are we really looking at this augmented reality to prepare individuals. Um, what did we not say about Albisu? We currently have 3,033 students. In the next five years, I truly could see us being at almost six to 7,000 students because of the online impact. And I don't want it just to be that we have these great partnerships within the United States, but I wanna make sure that we have global impact. So next time we talk and so forth, I wanna make sure I keep on telling you, hey, those numbers are going up, up and up. And I like so your style, dude. Make, make that hit, that's what we need. We, we're focusing on good health and well-being. That's what we do at Alvisu, and I'm excited to be the leader of this place. Wow, Bill, any last words? Now, this was uh, not just informative, but, uh, but, but a real pleasure to see someone who's uh, taking a, a significant leadership role um, in, a, in a community that definitely needs it. Um, and it was, it was nice to be able to, to save Joe here at the beginning of the new year. Well, you did, but I, I did hear you. Uh, so was that your doorbell ringing? Was somebody's doorbell? Yes. Yes, yeah. So you, you might have saved me, but you, in the end, you ruined the episode, Bill. No, you didn't. You didn't. <laughs> Elvin, take care of that. Yeah. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, um, this was fun. Uh, what an honor, Nelson, to have you as the first president of 2023 wow. on this podcast, number one um, of 2023. And uh, I think maybe the, you're, you're just a tad under number 200. You might be number 200 that we've ever interviewed. It's going to be really close. Um, I will tell you that uh, 
I wish you nothing but the absolute best. And if there's any way we can help you, Bill or I, we will be there, my friend. Absolutely. Thank so, you. Uh, Thank no, you. go ahead. I was just going to say, hey, I, I, if you guys want to come out of Puerto Rico on short notice, we'll send you an invite for my uh, my my investiture, which is in February. So if you have an excuse to come out, we'll make sure you, we'll set some up. Well, you know, we could live podcast, you know, any anytime you want to bring us in <laughs> for a live podcast. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, of course, um, you know him. He's been here before. He is the guru of online learning. He's Dr. Bill Pepicello. Bill, thanks for joining again. Uh, my my pleasure, friend, Joe. appreciate you. Thank you. And of course, my guest today, he is Dr. <laughs> no. Have a good did I did I freeze again? Where did I? This is unbelievable. This is unbelievable. I've never had this happen before. You were just uh, saying goodbye to Nelson. <sighs> it's frustrating. Okay, ready? I'm gonna do this again. This is the, this is the first episode in a long time that anything like this has happened. All right, here we go. Three, two, one. And of course, my special guest today, he is the president of Valpisu University. He is Dr. Nelson Soto. Nelson, how was your Oedipus experience today? It was great. Thank you for the opportunity, and just thank you for letting me be me. I appreciate that. Uh, we appreciate you, ladies and gentlemen. You oh, bless his heart. Bless his heart. Uh, is he in Missouri doing this? Yeah. Really? Oh, you, my froze. you froze. You froze. My outro. Yeah. It says my internet connection is unstable. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, we yeah. do. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, you've just ed upped. It's time to level up. The beginning of a new era in higher education begins with you. Order your copy of Commencement. The beginning of a new era in higher education by Kate Colbert, Dr. Joseph Lucio, with contributions by Elvin Freitas. It's higher education's must-read book of 2022. Discover how you can seize the moment to change higher education forever. Commencement, the beginning of a new era in higher education, now available on Amazon. For bulk orders, contact Kate, Joe, or Elvin.